Well, hey, everybody. I want to welcome you again to another episode of Real Talk with Real Leaders. So excited with the person I have that's going to, that you're going to meet today and has some things that I'm going to ask her. Uh, this is Nikki Taylor. Nikki Taylor has been a friend of ours for a couple of years now. It's been a while since we've actually really gotten in depth chat, but uh, she has so much experience. She's been on uh, with media, Christian media. She's also been a leader at the churches uh, and she's been just a, a person who's, who's traveled, who's consulted and helped so many people. I mean, I guess I can keep going on and on and Nikki, but why don't you fill us in a little bit on what you're doing right now? Yeah. Hey, Pastor Jamie. It's so great to be with you guys today. I sure love my In the Light uh, Church family and you and Pastor Virgie. Just have just been such a, a great relationship connection that God brought to us uh, quite a few years ago, actually. So as you mentioned, I was involved in the Christian music industry for a long time, was a producer for Trinity Broadcasting Network back kind of in some of its days in the height in the you know early 2000s. And God's been able to utilize me in so many different um, sectors of Christian business and in, and also with churches and, and various ministries. That's been such a rich, rich experience. A few years back, I just felt like the Lord was calling me into the marketplace, and uh, which was very, very different when you've only known ministry-specific environments for you know 25 plus years. It's uh, very interesting because then suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, what if they don't like me? What if I'm a, one of those Christian weirdos, you know, kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the Lord really helped me to make that transition. And I, I felt like that was the right thing to do. So I worked with Live Nation concerts for a few years. Currently, I'm the general manager for a production staffing company where we provide stage chance and pork operators and production technical folks for uh, live concerts, special events. Uh, and I'm also involved in sports television. So I wear a lot of hats, um, but you know, it keeps everything interesting and um, there's never a dull moment, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, when we first met and you were sharing with me all those different things, not only is it the experience that you have, but it's the perspective that you have. And that's why I'm excited about introducing you to our audience to share some of those perspectives uh, we were just um, contacting each other because of a need for somebody here in Philadelphia that you uh, had, there was a connection that you had, and we were able to bring that connection together so that we could help that individual that was here in Philadelphia. And from there, I was like, man, I've been, uh, would love to get Nikki on here to hear her perspective on what does it look like to be a courageous leader in these fear-filled times and i just can't wait to ask you some of these questions but before i do i want to um i want to ask you this fun one a little bit um so it's what's been your go-to snack as you're running and gunning to get things done me and my wife um really enjoy these honey barbecue chips that we just indulge in as much as possible i mean we can it's a bag a day we just kind of yeah um but just for the fun of it, like what's your go-to snack? You know, um, I'm super boring and my go-to snack is this cheesy pasta. It's um, vegetable pasta and you it's a steamer bag that you get from the grocery store in the frozen food section. And you pop it in the microwave and it's ready in four minutes and it's absolutely delicious. So I have been uh, not as active as I normally am. Um, I hear I live in Atlanta, so obviously all the gyms closed down when the quarantine started happening and I had... Um, than boxing and kickboxing again. So um, 
it gets off a lot of steam. And the last thing that I wanted to do was sit here and eat lots of chips and things like that, although I wanted to. The first two weeks of quarantine, I think my go-to snack was everything in my refrigerator right. because I just felt like I was, people hoarded toilet paper. I just decided to carve up, I guess. It was no carb left behind or no calorie left behind. But then it leveled off and it's pretty much been my bird's eye cheesy pasta. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, got to try that. That sounds so good. Yeah, well, it's good. If you want to make it really uh, even more indulgent, crumble up some um, sea salt and vinegar potato chips on the top of it because it kind of makes it crispy like a casserole. And it's, you know, hey, it's the small indulgence top you got to have every once in a while. Oh, that's such a good. <laughs> well, turning turning a, a corner a little bit, um, I was I'm curious about when the news hit that affected how we were to distance ourselves and the whole idea of like the, the ceasing of large gatherings and all those things. I'm sure with all the experience and the things that you're a part of, your brain started to kind of work and you went through this mental process. Can you start right there? Like what was your personal mental process that you went through when this news hit with all the different things that you knew were gonna be affected by that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Pastor Jamie, because when 2020 hit, you know, I just feel like we bamboozled, this whole year was a little bit bamboozled, because when we get into the new decade, you know, where I remember New Year's Eve 2019, it was just like, oh, you know what, can't wait, 2020 vision, we're going to see clearly, everything's going to be so awesome, and then January hit, and it just seemed like an uphill climb with a 50-pound sandbag on your back. From then and I'm going, wait a minute, you know, I'm fasting with my church, I'm I'm doing the work, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is really interesting. This is not what I thought the first quarter was going to be. And then leading in business, the same, you know, kind of going through a little bit of struggles at the beginning of the year, which is kind of normal in our industry because most tours from live events and things like that don't happen until usually the spring. And then it was just kind of like this, you know, baton. You you you're, you're just at that reach and then you make it and you grab it and then you go to the next and you go to the next level, go to the next level. And we were doing all of this work and then getting ourselves prepared so perfectly and then boom, it shuts down. And I knew something had told me in my spirit about two weeks beforehand and I just started praying about it, praying over our business, praying over the owners of our company, praying over the wisdom of what to do because being a person in leadership in the company, you're also asked very difficult questions and usually right on the spur of the moment you don't have the moment to go hey let me go get in my prayer closet and go pray about this for 24 hours and i'll give you an answer sometimes it requires a, a quick response um when i knew when things started kind of closing down specifically when they stopped the nba uh that was i believe march 12th and it, it was by friday the 13th of march all of the events on our calendar had been canceled for the unforeseeable future or for the foreseeable future. And we just didn't know what that was gonna look like, when it was gonna come back, like everyone else, because we just didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how to treat this. We didn't know really much about you know, the pandemic. So there was a lot of unknowns. And then um, I'll tell you, for the first couple of weeks, I was super depressed. Uh, I just, I sat there and I was watching this happen and it wasn't so much depressed because it was something about me. 
it was because I was watching people that I knew that had built dreams that were doing nothing wrong, that had done such a great job building their businesses, literally get the rug swept out from underneath them and suddenly need and, and, you know, poverty situations didn't matter what color you were. It didn't matter what car you drove. It didn't matter what neighborhood you lived in. Everyone was, you know, in that same position, but most people in the sphere of my influence and my communities, because we kind of were all in those same industries that got affected. So the first couple of weeks was really difficult kind of navigating the, also the panic from other people because you just didn't realize that it was going to have the the effect that it did and how far that trickled down to affect various people. So the first couple of weeks was very devastating. Um, and, you know, you try to keep your faith and, you know, you're quoting your scripture of yourself and you, you know that it's going to be okay. But the burden of that thing sometimes gets to you. And I think what your choices are, you and I were speaking a little bit earlier and and when it talks about the leadership position, the leadership, you know, a leader is everyone. It's you, it's me, it's the person who works at the grocery store, it's the CEO, it's, it's your yes. It's what you choose to do in crisis. It's what you choose to do when you're faced with making decisions that makes you a leader or not. We can sit back and be depressed and be selfish and, and only think about our little circle of influence or our little sphere of, oh, what about my bank account? What about my things? What about this? And that's all very real. And we, and trust me, during this situation, that absolutely happened to me for a little while. And then I remember hearing, did I not say? And I just remembered the scriptures that said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging for bread. And as we're watching the different conversations happen from the government and everyone at odds with one another from political parties and all of that, I realized, you know, Torn Wells is a Christian uh, worship artist, and he has an amazing album that he released at the beginning of this year. If you haven't gotten it, you have to get it. And it's simply called Citizen of Heaven. And, you know, I think the Lord was really speaking to him when that released at the beginning of this year, because I realized no matter what happens and no matter what circumstances come my way, Number one, I am a citizen of heaven and all of the promises that the word has said and all of the things and all of the areas that I've been involved with in my entire life, those still carry with me. That word will never fall on dry ground as long as I activate that and change what my word says and what my declarations of faith are going to be and how I choose to think when those thoughts come um, that's the leader. That's a leader within. And then when you get that for yourself, and then you are able to affect your communities, your neighbors, your children that are in your house watching you in the middle of this crisis. Do you want to talk about crisis leadership? It's simply in your yes. It's simply in your, I'm not going to lay down. I'm going to activate all of those promises that I have stood on, the prayers that I've had, the we, you know, Pastor James, you've got so many people that come and sit in your, your seats and your pews and, and your church every single week. This is the time now, I believe fully, that when the church gets activated into the community, you are their pastor and their leader. And I know you, I know the heart that you serve and Pastor Virgie serves, and you equip people 
to serve and go out into the community. And this is our time. I think maybe at the end of last year, there was a lot of people saying, hey, Lord, what do you have next for me? And you're still trying to figure out, I don't really know what that next is. Well, here's an awesome opportunity to just stand up and say, hey, you know what? I have some leftover food that I made because I didn't eat everything for dinner. And I know my elderly neighbor over there, or maybe that neighbor that lives alone, maybe they would like some and you simply just put it in a package, obviously use gloves or however you feel comfortable to make sure that person feels comfortable in the midst of this pandemic. And maybe you just simply knock on their door and leave it on you know, their doorstep. You know, Look around you, because I can assure you there is need. There is a way for you to lead and be an example in some way, some form, whether it be a kind word, a kind deed, or just simply engaging others to be an encouragement. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of us found ourselves in a place where we were scrambling for our oxygen mask. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of using that metaphor of like when you're on a plane, they say if the oxygen mask drop, at first put it on you before you help somebody else with theirs. And everybody's kind of scrambling to kind of get a breath and understand what they needed to do. And uh, then, then we, when we did that, then we started to, I believe, move towards helping people around us who were struggling with getting their own oxygen mask. Um, and prayerfully, a lot of leaders adjusted quickly. But how did you see others and even yourself kick into action to help others? What were some of the things that you were noticing uh, from the people that you know, from your church community or just around you? What were people doing to really be courageous in this time of crisis, time of crisis. But just your simple yes is a leadership. It's an act of leadership. Um, and again, like you and I were talking before, I think some people think that it's, you know, leadership tends to come with a six figure salary or a big title, or it means that you have all of these people underneath you as a sphere of influence, or maybe that you manage hundreds of people. That's not it at all. Leadership is very simply, how are you affecting your community and how are you bringing them up to another level with you so you can continue to lead and grow? Because it's a constant cycle. It never just stops. You never reach that ceiling of it if you continue to grow. And if you're open to it, the Lord will bring those opportunities to you. And I think in this community and this time that we're in at the moment, We've seen our community step up in ways that we didn't even know. You adjust to the need. Who would have thought that people who have sewing machines at home and extra pillowcases and extra sheets that they weren't using are now utilizing those skills to make masks for the frontline workers, for the people around them, just as an act of love. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity that's there. So again, one of them was simply from the church perspective, watching them get the opportunity to minister to their congregation on a daily basis. You get the ability to have some of your associate pastors get engaged with your community because some churches may not know who those folks are. And you get to let everyone kind of hear those voices from all parts of your staff um, and, and to speak into them every single day. It's not just about Sunday morning anymore. It's not just about Wednesday evening anymore. You can literally go on and encourage your folks every single day. And that is what we are. The time for the church to be deployed into the community. It's the go ye. I have heard this since this started. And I just keep hearing it's time for the go ye. 
go ye into the world. I, it's not just about me sitting at the church anymore, paying my tithe and worship and getting all of this for me. It's time to activate that leadership that's been brewing in all of us for so many years and not being so comfortable to say that's someone else's job to do that, but no, it's my job. It's my job to step up and be the smile even with our masks on, you know, you could do the Tyra Biggs smiles where your eyes are smiling <laughs> and a kind, encouraging word or just some way to give and not to be run on. But you asked me some of the things that I did initially in kind of talking about, you know, I had sat here for a while and I was like, oh man, I'm watching the industry crumble. I'm thinking I've worked so hard to get here. I've worked so hard to get to this position in a great financial position. I've been sewing the beginning of the year when I was fasting, I asked the Lord, I'd set aside a certain amount of money and I'd ask the Lord to bring me immediate need, not the need that just says, okay, this will good, you know, this will be good, the desperate need. I have been there before in my life and I wanted money to be the lender and not even the lender because I didn't want it back. It was sewing. And I set that aside and I thought all that money was going to be gone in January and it wasn't. I was like, God, are you kidding me? Like, I know there's people that need something. So I was looking, 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 and, and there was a few that I was able to sew into. And then March hit, and I realized, ah, so there's a reason why I didn't do all of that. Because now over and above my tithe and offering, or over and above my tithe, I still had some reserves. And even in the midst of being an unemployed, because I am also furloughed with our job, like many people that will probably be watching this, um, I know what that's like. You still don't know where it's coming from, but you you can't just sit there and hoard. You have to give. You have to continue to give. And I told the Lord, I said, I'm not going to go back on my commitment and I'm going to continue to give. I will get this. The Lord will make it happen for me. I am not worried about this. You will always return it. So I finally shook the dust off my brain and um, there's a homeless lady that's not far. I live in downtown Atlanta and there was a homeless lady that lives on the bridge and I had made some extra food and I thought, you know what, I'll bet she's hungry. And um, so I packed it up, put it together for her and I didn't know if she even knew anything that was going on. So I put some hand sanitizer and a little bag and a roll of toilet paper because, you know, they need it too. And um, some cookies and some little things and I went and developed a relationship with this lady and uh, at first you know she was very quiet she wasn't really sure and i completely understood that i've been working with homeless ministry since i was 18 and little by little i'd keep going back and i would keep talking to her and bringing her items and little dinners here and there and we had a bad storm that came through and she had a chair that was sitting on the bridge and i noticed it had blown away well i had one it's like one of those ones the tailgating chair and i had one in the back of my car i wasn't using now, in my mind, I said, no, don't give her that because, you know, what if you need it? And I'm thinking it's been sitting there for a year. You haven't needed it. And when you do need it, God will make sure that you've got one. So give it. You don't need it as much as she does. So I went back to the bridge and she wasn't there. And I asked the Lord to show her to me. And I saw her walking through a park that was close by. When I went to the park, I, I you know, parked my car and drove, walked through the park. I walked up to her eight feet apart, of course. And, um, she was real standoffish at first, and I asked her if she needed a chair. She said, no, I've got it right here. And I said, okay, well, um, I said, the Lord's had you on my heart, and I know you need something. I said, have you eaten today? She said, no. And I said, I've got a call that I've got to be on. I said, if I come back in about two hours, will you be here, and can I bring you some food? 
And she said, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, no, tell me what your favorite food is. And I wasn't just going to go make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was like, no, I'm going to get you what I want to eat. So we went to Chick-fil-A. And uh, so I went to Chick-fil-A and got her some food. And something just said, why don't you go sit with her? You're quarantined in your house by yourself. You're not talking to anybody. So I'll bet you she needs someone to talk to. And I'll bet you she'd love something to talk to. And I'm going, I don't know about this. This is crazy. I'm in the middle of downtown Atlanta. You know, this is not the most safest of places, you know, to go do that. But okay. So I went and got her food, came back, sat down, and I brought my tailgating chair that I was going to give her. And I sat down next to her bench, and we were eight feet apart. And I very simply asked her, I said, you know, I don't have anyone to have lunch with. Can I have lunch with you? Do you mind? And uh, she goes, no, that would be nice. And I sat with her and she was very quiet. And I just heard the Lord say, she's lost her dignity. And if you just treat her like one of your girlfriends, maybe that's all she needs for today. And so we sat and I asked her if she knew anything about the coronavirus. She had no idea what it was called. She said, well, I just heard that there's something that's making people sick, but I don't know anything about it. And she and I sat in the park for three hours that afternoon, and I had more fun that day than anyone. Hang I, I got a lot of best friends. Don't get me wrong. I got a lot of really great best friends, but I had more fun doing exactly that that day because it was something that you rise to the top when, when you're in, in need. And it wasn't, you know, talking to the masses. It was talking to one lady that changed her day that day. I've since gone back multiple times, um, rallied my friend's closets because Goodwill, you couldn't donate anything more to Goodwill down here in Atlanta because everybody had already cleaned out their closets. And I've had the ability to, um, some folks gave me extra snacks. She's had, I mean, food this entire time. I went to the CDC's website and I printed out um, information on the virus so that she could understand what it was like for our homeless folks here in Atlanta. Come to find out she loves Joel Osteen and she actually knew Pastor John Osteen's ministry before. And so I took her some Joel Osteen books and some little pamphlets to encourage her in her faith as she sits there. And so we've got a chance to really talk about the Lord and, and um, get to know her and just befriend someone. Now, you know, before all this happened, I didn't have the time to do that. And I don't know that I would have stopped because I would have said, oh, I'm busy doing this or I'm busy doing that. Even though it's my heart to do and it's my heart to serve that way. I had to get beyond myself. And I think that's simple leadership in crisis times. Don't be selfish and get beyond yourself and allow the Lord to use you. If you're asking him, God, what is it? What is it that you have for me? What can I do that's specific in this time? Or what do you have for me? Sometimes it doesn't look like the person that's standing behind a podium with a microphone. Sometimes it doesn't look like the person that's authored a book. Sometimes it doesn't look like the person that gets to stand on stage or hold big rallies. Sometimes it's the very act of saying yes and getting out of your comfort zone and doing something for others, yes. treating others as you would be treated for yourself. And because when you do that in the small ways, it starts to lead a community. And then in addition to that, after that happened, uh, you, Pastor Virgie and yourself, were also helping us with uh, my friend Kathy said yes, she saw a need. And because of her one act of saying, hey, I don't want babies to go hungry. I don't want people to go hungry. There are people that can't get food in food lines. She just said, I'll make sure I buy you groceries. I don't think she had any idea exactly the need and the response that she was going to receive in both ways, not only from the need, but from the community of influence that she had to help raise the funds to do more than what she could do on her own. 
it has been such a rewarding joy to be a part of the boots on the ground with just people helping people. You know, they come from a Southern gospel family, so their sphere is more so down here in the South. And I have been very fortunate through my travels and through all the doors that God has opened up for me um, to have relationships and a network of people all across the country. And when I got involved with her, she said, I, you know, I don't have anybody in New York and I don't have anybody in Philadelphia. And I went, I know somebody in Philadelphia. <laughs> I immediately tagged Pastor Virgie and sent you a text message. And, and I know the heart that in the light serves with, I know the heart that you and Pastor Virgie serve in. And I thought, you know, I, I know it's a big ask because it's a little bit trying times with people not sure if they want to go to the grocery store and we would never put anyone in harm's way. But the creative ways that we have been able to come together as a community of of people who love each other and who want to love others. Um, they've, I, I, in one day last week, there was $8,400 raised in four hours just for the city of New York. She's had over 4,000 requests come in just for a specific need. We can't necessarily get to all of them, but we're trying to get to every single one that we can. Yep. There was a young lady yesterday in Memphis, Tennessee, that she was so excited. She'd been out of work for five weeks, but she was able to go back to work on Monday. But the problem was, is that she only had $5 and she didn't have any gas. And she said, listen, I can forego groceries, but I need gas money because I've got to be able to get to work so I can earn a paycheck and get back to some version of normal for her own life. I had no idea how we were going to do this. Kathy didn't really know. She said, can you believe I have all the people that I know? She goes, I don't know anybody in Memphis, Tennessee. And I said, I know. And I remembered that there was a pastor friend of mine from California who had just moved to Memphis about a year ago. And he is, uh, got Memphis Tabernacle down there. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to call pastor so-and-so and see if they'd be available. Reached out to him on Facebook and they said, we'll do whatever we can. And yesterday there was two gas cards that showed up at this young lady's house and she was beyond herself. And I said, listen, you just remember how much God loves you no matter what. And our hope is to get these folks also involved in a community of churches, whether they choose to go or not, that's their own choice. But just to show that care. And again, simple leadership. Mm. Leadership can just mean you're the butler. You help open doors. Maybe it's leadership is that you're the baker. You help put all the ingredients together to make this amazing cake. Maybe you're the person who sets the table for other people's to come and dine in, but in every aspect of your life, that is leadership. What you make happen for others, God will then in turn make happen for you. And if we just don't get so inundated with how severe this situation is, and we go beyond ourselves and remember that all the words that God has spoken over us and all the things that we've heard for all these years, this is where it gets put into action. It's not time to sleep or slumber. It's time to put your boots on and get going. Yes. And I think that that's for everyone. That's not just for pastors. That's not just for business leaders. That's not just for, you know, owners of companies, you know, that's, it's all our responsibility to make those choices because it will affect your community and you have no idea what your simple yes does and how that can affect someone else because maybe they're waiting on God to show them what their yes is supposed to be. And just like Kathy, because she decided to 
it gave us the all of us the opportunity to become involved and to keep us busy and now we're a part of something that's a greater community that's showing the love of christ all over the world or all over the country that they may not have ever had that sphere of influence in before because that community that they're in or that ministry that they're in may not have taken them there so if we don't put the limits on God and we don't put limits on ourselves, and we just say, yes, I believe that God will use that and step by step we'll grow. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. How fun is this? What was I waiting for? And the more you do it and, and the more you get comfortable with it, the more you're like, I'm just not going to question this anymore. I know better. <laughs> yeah, these are great examples that you used. That was great you know thinking about how it can be so um complicated when we think about all the things we can't do but then when we get rid of that for a bit and simplify what we can do and step into that that's the idea of courage simple courage uh, courageous leadership in these you know complicated times so i have one more um question for you and that is like what's those are the right type of responses, the things that you just described. Those are all, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to kind of get a sense and then just move towards the need and let things open up. Even when it seems like we might not have everything we need to meet it, we're still willing to say yes, stepping into that yes. He says yes back to us and make sure we have what we need. But what are the worst kinds of responses we can have during this time? Uh, that we can encourage people like be cautious and be careful that you don't respond like this during this time because you'll miss something. Absolutely. And you know what I'm going to say from specific personal experience, the worst kind of response is the one that you could have had that I had in the first two weeks. And that was, woe is me. Only thinking about myself, only thinking about how is this affecting me? And it's natural and human to think that way. It is absolutely natural to be concerned and it doesn't make you a wrong person. It's don't stay camped there. Don't continuously speak negative things of your situation. What I heard very early on in all of this was don't develop permanent behaviors in a temporary situation. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, it's okay, you can grieve. It's okay to grieve. It, this year has been a little bit tougher than you expected. And for everyone, I'm sure that they can say the same thing. I've lost loved ones earlier in the year. And it was just not what I had expected for this first half of, the, of 2020. And then you come into a pandemic on top of that. If we, if we remember it, when, in Job's story, and I heard this in January when I was fasting originally and some other things had gone on. And I was reminded of this again at the beginning of this pandemic. The end of Job's story says that the end of his story was greater than it was in the beginning. It's not that he didn't have questions. It's not that he was perfect in every response that he had, but he knew where his source came from. And he knew that if he stayed true to that, no matter what his mind was telling him and no matter what was going on, if he just kept changing his thinking, if he just kept steady to what his promises were and what he knew was right, the Lord would carry him through that. And again, I remembered that when this happened and I thought to myself again, don't allow something that's supposed to meant is supposed to be meant for a temporary circumstance 
start to develop permanent bad behaviors and permanent bad uh, responses because it'll be much harder to get out of bed. It'll take a lot longer to clean that up. So number one, my, I think the worst thing that we can do is just be selfish and self-serving. And I think that, and, and being, I heard a long time ago that depression is called worship turn inward. Depression is when you're only kind of like this and you're only thinking about yourself and you're only thinking and, and taking all of the weight and the burden of the world and you're putting it on the inside. But if we let that go as we have learned in our lives and, and give those burdens over to the Lord and, and remember we are a citizen of heaven first and foremost and he will always respond to us. And in those moments where we want to be depressed and in the moments where we want to just carry that weight and and just think oh how is this ever going to happen don't speak those negative words of your life remember that the, the bible says he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread that god will always take care of you that you know if he knows how many hairs that you have on your head do you not think he's going to provide for you where have you looked in your life I can tell you, I, I do this and I tell some friends of mine who go through the same thing, this very same principle. Look back on your life and every circumstance where you thought that you weren't going to make it. When maybe that thing was too big, maybe it was a divorce, maybe it was a loss of a business, maybe it was a bankruptcy, whatever it might be, a loss of a loved one, and you just couldn't catch your breath and you didn't know how in the world that you were gonna get through that thing, but guess what, you did. So when you look back, and you see all the things that God's brought you through, you have to remind yourself, when hasn't he? When hasn't he come through? When hasn't he healed my heart? When hasn't he brought people into my life to encourage me? When hasn't he provided the answer that I was looking for at those moments? I can pretty much guarantee you there's gonna be a big hard no on most of those. You're not gonna be able to prove when those were because you're here and God's carried you to this place. And maybe you're not exactly where you wanna be in life, but you're still here and you're not done yet. That means you get to say yes. And if you just change your thinking and, and don't be so introvert to think only about, oh, me and my little situation uh, or this big situation, um, I just believe 100% this is where we activate our faith and we activate those words that, that we have meditated on and we prayed and fasted and and this is where it gets put into action and we get to see it. And you know, the more beautiful thing, Pastor Amy, that I, I really feel like once we do this, I've, I still firmly believe no matter how interesting this year has become and really the beginning of this decade, I still believe that our greater days are still yet ahead. I am not going to look at any circumstance that's happening at this moment. I do absolutely believe that from a financial perspective, we're going to be double blessed. I believe that there's certain things that maybe some of them were, maybe some people are just been bored and existing, surviving in a job that they don't particularly care for. And it's forced them to have to think about something different. I think if we look at it as an opportunity versus something that's meant to kill us and just finally knock us out, um, and we change the way that we think, change the word that comes out of our mouth and speak life over our situation, it's only a matter of time before you're going to start to see that come to fruition in your life because it's a biblical principle and the word will never return void. And I think some of the, just to recap with your question, one of the worst, worst mistakes we can do is basically 
only think inwardly and crawl up in the fetal position and not fight. That's great. This was so rich, Nikki. I think you were able to kind of peel off the layers of if there's anybody there that might be resistant or hesitant, I believe you've really hit at the heart of what they need to shake out of to step into these better days that are in front of us. And so, so appreciate this conversation and this interview. I know everybody who was listening got a lot out of this. I know I did. And so uh, appreciate it and looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. It's always an honor and it's always a joy to get a chance to connect with you. And I'm so grateful that God put us together what, a few years ago. And I just still, even just like today, uh, excited to see what's yet ahead for both of us as we go ye. Yes. Go ye into all the world. Good note to end on. Thank you. Thank you.